My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show. Friends and family from around the country and literally around the world, this is another episode with your host, David J. Harris, Jr. And today, friends, I have the privilege of having a good friend of mine on the show with me this morning. Uh, today, he is uh, the host of the Rubin Report. He launched it back in 2015 for individuals to get together and uh, be free thinkers. Uh, his latest book, Don't Burn This Book, is something you should absolutely get. Uh, get it uh, where retails, where retailers are selling books or on Amazon or go to the RubenReport.com. But uh, it talks specifically about a ton of what we're actually seeing taking place right now. Without further ado, my guest, Dave Rubin. Dave, so glad to have you on with me today, my brother. How are you doing in this tumultuous, tumultuous time? <laughs> one second. All right, there you go. Harris, I should add one caveat, which is you can get it where retailers are selling books as long as Antifa hasn't burned down the store yet. So I, I called it Don't Burn This Book. We probably should have called it Don't Burn the Store That This Book Is In. <laughs> but yes, you can get it all those places. I'm good, man. Look, we've got about seven days left of this beautiful republic that we've had for 250 years. And I'm trying, although I'm talking about politics a lot and you know, fighting for what I believe in, I'm trying not to go completely insane during this uh, tumultuous time, which ain't easy right now because everybody's going nuts. It is. It's not easy. Uh, you know, I I have my faith. I, I just I believe that God's not going to leave this country. He's not going to abandon this country that was founded on Judeo-Christian values that uh, uh, a lot of people were praying for this election. And, you know, I, I say it's not about the man. I'm not like, you know, it's not about the man, Donald Trump, but it was his mission and his his policies and his position on so many things that I think brought in support from people of, from from all over the place and all over the world. Uh, what was your, you know, what was your, what's your take on just specifically, uh, let's start off with why you, why you began to support the president at what point? I, I know I got to say this, I'm interviewing Larry Elder later this week and uh -oh. one of the videos uh -oh. that absolutely rocked my world and woke me up was the video that you had where you were interviewing Larry Elder and, uh, and he was breaking down some facts and it opened your mind a bit. So you were, it seems, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems as though you were more on the woke progressive side at one point. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you you completely changed your tune. Share with us what happened and, and why you changed your tune. Harris, I'll go further than that. I mean, I was a full-on woke leftster. I, I really was. I mean, I, I was there. I was on the Young Turks network. I mean, how much more do you want out of somebody? You know what I mean? Like, I was one of those people. The one thing that I will say about that that wasn't like fully all in on it. I wasn't one of the ones that ran around all the time screaming everybody else is a racist. I, mm. I did have a little bit of extra room there, but, but full on, I was a progressive. I was a Bernie supporter, the whole thing. Uh, yes, that Larry Elder moment, I had him on my show. I had started breaking. I, I had started worrying about what was happening with the left. For years, I had been talking about how true liberalism which is about individual rights and about a JFK kind of liberalism. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country, which yes. sounds far more like conservatism or, liber uh, or libertarianism of today. I said, well, wait a minute, that's the type of liberal I am. That's the type of liberal 
that I grew up around, but that has nothing to do with this totalitarian, authoritarian leftism that, that is being ushered in by Bernie and now the squad. And now it's being ushered in by, by Joe Biden's old bones. And there's, a, there's an evil alien that's going to burst forth out of him. I, I don't even know that they can hold that alien in for seven more days before, before Kamala bursts forth and, and fully takes over. Um, but Larry beat me senseless with facts about systemic racism. <clears throat> and I write about this in my book as, as a, uh, a real wake up moment for me, because I was on Aura TV at the time, which was Larry King's digital network. And I had a big staff and I went into the control room right after and everybody in there, the producers, director, AP, the whole team, they're going, Dave, don't worry. We'll cut that. We'll cut that when we post the video later today. And I said, no, I said, look, if I'm an interviewer and if anything that I'm doing is supposed to be remotely true at any level whatsoever, we got to leave that thing in. And then what was interesting about it is that, you know, over, you know how the internet works over the next couple of days, there's a million videos and they're all getting crazy amount of views. You know, Larry Elder destroys leftist, you know, libtard <laughs> crushed by black conservative. And at first I'm looking at those going, oh man, what did I do here? What did I get myself into? But then what I quickly saw Quickly looking in the comment section, suddenly people going, you know, wait a minute, Ruben, Ruben took the hit and listened. Mm. And from that moment, that really was the moment that from there, I started talking to Ben Shapiro. I started talking to Dennis Prager. I started talking to Glenn Beck, all of these guys that I thought were my intellectual opponents or enemies or something. And I realized not only are they uh, pretty bright and know what they're talking about and why they believe what they're talking about, but they're good people. And, and that really leads me to, to where I'm at at the moment. So, you know, I put that section in my book as well, uh, why I couldn't stay silent, because it was huge for me. And I picked up on it. I did, I did hear that you had the opportunity or being urged to take that clip out of the show, but yeah. you posted it anyway. Kudos to you. Obviously, you know, a huge, I think, impact in uh, where you've come, where you've, where you've come to. But even more so, what's interesting is what you just said. It was the comments of people that were acknowledging that you listened. You listened to the facts. You listened to what Larry had to say. And that is what opened your mind. That is what we need right now in this country. You, uh, you give uh, us all hope, Dave. You give all of us that are just strong conservatives that are believing for patriotism in our country, that are believing for justice and truth, that are believing and hoping that the left will wake up. You give us a ton of hope, brother. Harris, do you think that that might be the first and only time in internet history that a YouTube comment section might have done something good? I think it actually might. It might be, it might be the one and only time. Uh, you know, yes. I, I want to back up, though, to something that you started by saying, because you were talking about faith. And I have to say, at, at this point in my life, at 44 years old, I, I would say I have a stronger belief in mm. God and, and, a, and a system of faith that, than I've ever had. And one of the things that's interesting for me is that I toured with Jordan Peterson, as I'm sure you know, and yeah. Jordan often talked about the importance of belief. He wasn't yeah. religious per se in, in, in his own life, but he, he obviously was doing these biblical lectures on the Old and New Testament and was talking about how you have to have, you know, a grounding, you can either put it up here or you can put it over here, but a grounding that then gives the government a, a way to protect those rights. It's got to start with something, God-given rights, as our founders yes. talked about. Yes. And it's interesting because right now in this very bizarre time that we live in, as we're watching everybody kind of lose their mind and people say the reverse of what they said a year ago and everyone's being mean and destroying each other and everything else, what I have consistently found is people of faith right now 
are much more level-headed, clear-minded, open, <laughs> decent, willing to talk, happy. And I had a lot of discussions with people of faith on my show from all, all different faiths. And, and I see no way around faith in a way where I see the, the atheists, although of course I believe you can be an, an atheist and a decent human being, of course you can at a, at a micro level, you personally, there's right. no way to organize a society around that. And I think one of the reasons everything's so crazy right now is that progressivism is just secularism on steroids. And what does that lead to? Well, it leads to endless government and a, and a human-made structure that can tell you how to live. And that's that's the reverse of, of God and the reverse of the Constitution, actually. Yes, it is. And uh, I, I got to tell you, that warms my heart, brother. I've prayed for you often. Uh, as I pray for a lot of people that I feel like God has brought into my uh, uh, into my world, into my uh, in a closer connection with, uh, I, play, I was praying for Candace. I remember when I was first talking with Candace and she was, you know, acknowledging that there was a higher power. And I would say, I would tell Candace, I said, yeah, but that higher power has a name and he loves you. He, he is love. God is love and he loves you. And I know that. Well, that listen, if us. God, if God can use people, then man, he's using Candace. I, you know, I'm, I'm very, very good friends with Candace yes. and, uh, she, she's due to pop, have a baby any moment now. It could happen yeah. while, we're, while we're on air. And, you know, Candace, what's so fascinating about her, not only is she just, she truly is just a spectacular, wonderful, good person. Her, her husband, George, is great. I was at the wedding. Yes. They're, they're just great people. Yes, they But are. what's interesting about Candace is I had her on my show when she was nobody. Before she was Candace Owens, she was red pill black on YouTube. She was just you one of these. You helped launch her. Yeah, you helped you launch have, her. Maybe career. you had her on before me. It, it, I'd love to see the date on that because I had her on when I had never heard of her. That would be pretty funny, actually. Maybe, maybe you did, or we did it probably right around the same time, which is kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah. But I knew after I sat with her for that hour, I, I said to David, I said, we finished the show, uh, my producer, and I said, you know, that girl, it's not that she's going to be a star. She's going to change the world. I knew it. She ended up staying with her assistant. They stayed for dinner. We spent about 10 hours together that night, had a lot of wine and chicken parm. And she just, she was curious. She yeah. wanted to know more, but she's also fearless, even yeah. now after the machine has tried to destroy her so many times. So I, I just adore her. I think she's doing great. That doesn't mean that every little decision is always right, that every little tweet is always right. You know, people, right. people have this thing. Oh, but, but, but did you see that one thing? You better, you better say something. It's like, come on, man. Nobody's perfect. And I'm not here exactly. to, I'm not here to police my friends. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I, everything you said about Candace, same thing. Love her. She's amazing. Her and George are amazing. Uh, I, I got to uh, speak at several of her Blexit events. And I remember one time I just felt like God said, I just want you to pray for her and George. Just bless them. Uh, what he has in store for them, I believe as well, will change the world. And uh, it was an honor and a privilege to be able to do that and to be able to call her friend. So yeah, I'm not sure who had her on first, but I'm pretty sure your, your platform <laughs> was definitely a lot larger than mine was back then. So either way, man, that's, isn't that the cool thing about it? It doesn't matter. Whoever had her on first, it doesn't matter. But yeah. the idea that people like us who are outside of the mainstream, one of yes. the reasons the mainstream hates us so much. And one yeah. of the reasons that they want to censor us so much is that we're all able to find each other, right? Mm -hmm. We're all, you're able to, what, how did I first find out about you? I think, were we on Gutfeld together or was I, it? Uh, I think we were. Yeah. yeah well, we, I were think I had, on, uh, we were also on Glenn Beck together. Okay, so Glenn Beck, so you know, we had done a few things together, and I obviously kind of had seen you through Twitter or whatever it might be. But then you see somebody once, you see him twice, and you're going, All right, well, that guy knows what he's talking about. There's something interesting there. And then you can connect 
we can do each other's shows and then suddenly something starts growing and that's what the mainstream hates more than anything. It's not yeah. that either one of us hold any truly extreme opinion, although I would say I'm a radical freedom extremist, but yes. besides that, <laughs> I, you know, but besides that, and, and that's what they hate because what yeah. we're doing is what they were supposed to do. Instead of yes. being giant corporate mouthpieces for government, they were supposed to tell the truth and, 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 and find audiences because they were explaining honestly to them what's going on. That's what guys like us are doing. And I'm not even patting ourselves on the back for it. I don't think this is some, some incredibly laudatory thing that I'm doing. I'm just doing what I think is right. But yeah. for some reason, that, that's a hell of a lot better than what's going on on CNN. Well, all of them. I mean, 90% plus of the mainstream media, and we can lump Fox in there unless you're watching the big you know, five, uh, Laura, uh, Tucker, Hannity, Judge Jeanine, or Waters. I'm seeing propaganda spewing out of Fox News. It's, it's, it's rivaling CNN on some of the stuff that they're saying. And you're exactly right. That's what gave us the opportunity to be voices for the people because we just want to share the truth. You know, it's interesting because I obviously go on Fox a lot. I was on Fox a, a minute before I, I joined you here. What I can say about Fox is every time I go on, I say whatever I want. It's live. They let me do my thing. That being said, do they have some issues right now? They absolutely do. You know, that that Arizona call on election night, obviously, yeah. I don't have to tell you or your audience, was, was so premature. Yes. And, and I think broke a certain level of trust. It does not matter at the end of the day which way Arizona was going to go or exactly what was happening. Every I think most sane people would agree that moment started the uh, started the dam breaking of yeah. what was going to happen that night because it was like, oh, see, even Fox says it, so it obviously is true because Fox is up Trump's button. There you go, and it's like <laughs> that, and it's like that's So I don't know exactly what happened there, yeah. uh, but I, but I also think that's why what's a, what's a saner way if you care about politics is care about a couple specific people that you mm. think are mostly trustworthy. Don't say, okay, well, just because all these people are on Fox, they're all perfect, or all these people are on CNN, True. They're, yeah. they're all perfect. You gotta find a couple people that are kind of ballpark sensible and stick with them until they truly screw you over. You know what I mean? If one day right. Harris gets up there, <laughs> if Harris gets up there calling for the Green New Deal, then you gotta reevaluate watching the David Harris Jr. show. Oh yeah, absolutely. And in no way, shape or form will I ever, ever be a promoter of that. Uh, you know, just it's bad enough that uh, yeah. Kamala Harris, I think gonna be taking the place for Biden if if a miracle. I mean, I don't know. I, I listen to a lot of people that are in the spiritual, uh, the, 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 the prophetic movement spiritually. Uh, they're still praying and believing for a miracle. I am as well. I don't know what it looks like. I've had one person that I listened to that said, we're literally living right now in a Bible story time. You read the stories and other stories in the Bible where it seemed like everything was, it looked impossible. Moses is trying to lead his children to freedom uh, and Pharaoh's on his tail. They come up to the Red Sea. They have nowhere to go. It looks like they're all going to be slaughtered and God parts the Red Sea. And then it doesn't end there. They venture into the Red Sea. They're walking across dry land. And here comes Pharaoh and all his army to slaughter them. And in the middle of that, boom, the Red Sea closes, wipes all, all the enemy out. Uh, and again, I'm not saying anything in the natural vi for violence or anything else. Spiritually, though, that's where it feels like we are at. All, Harris, all forces are against us. I'm with you. I I'm with you. Not saying and that is going to happen, whatever that means. But the, yeah. the, the ideas of what you just described are exactly why a few minutes ago I said what I said about faith and belief. 
that those stories teach you something eternal, that no matter how bad it looks, it can turn yes. around. That yeah. the little guy, David, can beat Goliath, which is why yeah. Dave here can fight Google, because I believe the little guy can beat the big guy. I heard someone in DC a couple weeks ago, uh, there were a few evangelicals uh, in, a, in a chat, about 10 people, and someone said hi to me, and they pulled me into the chat. And then there was uh, an Israeli there, and they were talking about the Old Bible, uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the Israeli said something that I thought was quite interesting. She said, you know, maybe in this story, and this is sort of what you're getting at, that Trump is the Moses character, meaning he will lead the Hebrews out of Egypt. But, you know, the, the thing that happened, of course, to Moses, I know you know this, he didn't get to go to the promised land, right? right. So I think it is possible that, it is very possible that the Trump presidency ends, it is possible and likely that the Trump presidency ends in, you know, seven days from now. But the thing that he started, getting mm -hmm. the people to the promised land, meaning a freer country and everything else, even though it doesn't feel like it's going to be freer now, maybe that's what Trump did. Now, I don't think Trump thinks of himself as any of those things. And in a weird way, it's sort of crazy to make that sort of, that, that sort of parallel. Um, but I think there is something to those stories that is eternal. And if you hold that, you won't be nuts when, when yes. things feel crazy. Yeah, I, I agree 110%. And, you know, Moses didn't think that he was the person that was going to lead the, the children of Israel to freedom either. He was a murderer. He ran and hid for decades because he was a murderer and found out about, well, Trump hasn't murdered anybody uh, I, I, that's never come out. Again, I don't think he has, but it's, it, it's amazing how and who God will use when he chooses to use him. And that is exactly what I believe and why I believe so many people believed in and supported President Donald Trump is because of his beliefs, because of what he supported, because of his policies. So uh, I like that. Uh, I like that analogy that that uh, Israeli woman uh, told you as far as what Trump started. It will surpass Trump uh, regardless of what happens in the next week or so. What he started, a movement of Americans loving their country looking to the constitution, looking to government to defend their God-given rights, not looking for the government to be the defender and, be, and giver of rights, uh, that he started something pretty amazing, I believe. Listen, now that I quoted the Old Testament, let me quote V for Vendetta, uh, which is, <laughs> is people, a government, uh, people should not fear their government, a government should fear their people. That mm. is not a that is not a call to violence. I am completely one hundred percent without equivocation against political violence. Yes. But I think right now what we're all sort of feeling is, my God, the government suddenly feels like it's going to control every part of our life at every level. Yeah. A sensible way, and the way that our founders wanted this thing to work is the government would fear us because we would be an educated, armed, aware group of people. And maybe that is what's going on here. I think it is. Uh, I want to. I want to get a little bit deeper into what you believe will take place. What your thoughts are if a Joe Biden and Kamala Harris administration uh, move forward unabated. But first, I've got a quick word from our sponsor, friends. If you like my show, if you want to support me, support yourself and an amazing patriot that's absolutely getting blasted in the mainstream media right now. My good friend Mike Lindell. Mike's uh, retail stores are being threatened to take. Uh, my pillow off the shelves. Mike has been a huge supporter, not only of the president, but more importantly, our country, our freedoms, justice. So use the code Trump2020 at mypillow.com for your best savings. You'll be supporting Mike Lindell and you'll be supporting my show as he is my number one sponsor. Use the code Trump2020 at mypillow.com.
Hey, I'll pimp out your sponsor because Mike Lindell is a great man. And talk about, you know, somebody that was that was a crack addict, a mm. crack addict, turns his life around. He obviously is a yeah, there you go. There's the book. Right, exactly. And that he's a, and that and that picture of you, if you've not read this book yet, Dave, this picture was when he was up for seven or ten days uh on crack, and his dealer literally took this picture of him and then cut him off. And then cut and him off. Yeah, never I never buy it again. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a guy who turned his life around and, you know, to watch the way the mainstream media talks about him. Oh, there's Trump on stage with a, a pillow salesman talking about religion. And it's like, yeah. man, you guys, you self-righteous people. It's it's just terrible. So if if uh, if we move forward with a Joe Biden president, which, again, in all likelihood and reality and what it looks like right now and the natural is going to take place, a Joe Biden presidency, Kamala Harris, VP. What are your concerns uh, about that? What, what are your concerns uh, about that? I'm concerned about every level of it, every single level of it. You know, one of the things that my my last remaining good liberal friends, you know, not like the totally crazed leftists, but the few remaining good liberals. And and by the way, there's there's a couple of them left, not many. If, if you can do a Star Wars reference, it's basically Order 66. They've wiped out the good liberals at this point. There's a couple scattered throughout the galaxy. But what a lot of them kept saying to me uh, all along when I said I was supporting Trump, which I started fully saying it over the summer, a mm. lot of them kept saying, no, no, Dave, don't worry. It's Joe Biden. It's not one of the crazy leftists. We're not going to see the identity politics stuff. We're not going to see packing the courts. We're not going to see trying to change the electoral college because he's not Bernie. He's not Elizabeth Warren. He's not one of those people. And what I kept saying is, I don't know anymore what Joe Biden believes because I think he's mentally compromised at 78 years old. But I also know what the energy of the Democratic Party is. The energy is the radicals. It is yeah. the AOCs, the Ilhan Omars, Rashida Tlaibs. These are people who think that the founding of America is a bad thing. I mean, Ilhan Omar, this is a woman. She's a first-generation immigrant who moved here from Somalia who all she does is rail about how horrible this country's become as she's become one of the most influential people in America. The, the height of hypocrisy, like you can't make it up. I, what I'm worried about more than anything else, I'll do it in a broad sense, is that every single norm, whatever you think is a norm that we have had in America, that, that we believe in true equality, meaning equal laws for everybody, and then you go out and fight for what you can and you work hard and honor matters and all that, that will be erased because they yeah. don't want equality. They want equity, which is way different. They yeah. want an, an outcome at the end that is the same for everybody. That's communist. That's not capitalist. Every norm will be thrown out. You will, you will be, if uh, look, put it this way. If you won't go for the green deal or if you're pro-life, so if you're pro-life and you say, okay, I, I don't believe in abortion, they will say you're anti-woman. And if you hate women, you're a misogynist, you know, you're a misogynist, you're a bigot, you're blah, blah, blah. Well, then, you know, we can already see what they're doing with no fly lists. Why would you let someone who hates women, someone who wants to control half the population, why would you let them on a plane? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but this movement just keeps eating away at everything decent. So you can't look at sort of what they're saying right now. You have to look at, well, what will happen if they get more? And they will always keep trying to get more. And it's our job to make sure we're not giving it to them along the way. Starve the beast.
Yeah, that that that's got to be our job. Everything that Joe Biden has done, the appointments that he's made, his appointment for uh, the DOJ civil rights leader, a woman that is absolutely insane. I mean, she's totally ludicrous. She's totally a racist. Uh, and then Joe Biden follows it up by saying that the coronavirus relief will go to non-whites first. It'll go to minorities first. That's racist. Harris, the, the, the DOJ woman, we just covered this on my show yesterday, she says she believes that black people have more melanin and because they have more melanin, that makes them more spiritual. Are, would you say you're inherently more spiritual than the average white person because of your skin color? Has nothing whatsoever to do with the melanin in my skin. I think she also said that a, por a portion of our brain is darker. Yeah, oh yeah, she did. smarter. Try to, but really think of the, putting aside the craziness <laughs> of the statement, the, the, it's not just that the statements are bananas, but imagine if a white person took the counter position. They would be yeah. banned from everything. Oh, yeah. Instead, she's being put up. But but what you said about Biden and the COVID relief stuff, this is seriously dangerous. It does yes. not. Everyone has been affected by COVID. It doesn't matter if you're black or white or gay or straight or male or female, blah, blah, blah. The idea that the government is now going to come in and say, okay, based on skin color, we're going to help these people first. And what's also interesting about it is they're also showing you how weak identity politics is. Because what they said was, okay, African-Americans, Asians, Pacific Islanders. Well, now, Asians, Asians are doing incredibly well in America. Asians yeah. have cared about family and hard work and education and all of those things. But but what they, they want the Asian community to feel like a victim even though they're not victims. They right. want them to feel that so that they can sit on them, just hold them down. But the idea that you're gonna say, okay, we're gonna target people to help them based on the color of their skin, well then inherently you're saying, okay, white people, you're out. It is, it is against the constitution, it's against the law. And I hope, and I think that one of the only things that will save us over the next year is, is that there's gonna have to be massive lawsuits at the state and federal level. That is against the US constitution to choose to help people economically based on the color of their skin, period. Hopefully, there's a whole lot of middle-of-the-road liberals, Democrats. I, I preach that constantly on my show, hoping that those that watch it share it and that their friends or family members that are, that are more centrist Democrats are seeing this and waking up to it. To, to, to have the next president of the United States suggest that federal aid will be given based on race. It's unconscionable, and yet it's happening. Webb, you think that may, uh, Webb, I called you Webb. Harris, you think that maybe, uh, you think that maybe there might be some poor white people in Alabama that are hurting because of COVID? You think that might be possible? Yeah. You see what oh, they're yeah. doing? You All see what the they're doing? And they're doing it under the guise of, oh, we're the good guys. And that's what's so dangerous about it. As for whether there are the good liberals or the, the blue dog Democrats, as we used to call them, the sort of more moderate Democrat, of course they exist, but they are afraid. They, they have gone so deep with this radical stuff that they're afraid. And you can see this, by the way, with people like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. I don't think Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi in their hearts are rabidly anti-American the way that AOC and, and Ilhan Omar are. I think they're much more big government than I would want. And I think also they've been in government for so long that I, I just don't know what they believe at this point. But I don't think that they're truly in their hearts like this, this radical socialist element. But they know, and we've already seen this, that when, when Pelosi has tried every now and again to go a little bit against AOC, when Schumer has gone a little bit against AOC, what is AOC? We're going to primary you. Yep. You didn't fall yeah. in line. We're going to primary you. So you can tell that Pelosi hates 
AOC. It's very obvious. But the simple truth is they know that if they really stand up against them, the mob will come for them. And so you're basically in this like nonstop uh, hostage situation in essence. So 80 million votes apparently for Joe Biden, more than any person in, in presidential history. Uh, yet that he's Obama only, guy. He's only got 23 million followers on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I know we have to be careful with how we talk about the election, but I'm hoping that a lot of truth does come out. I think that there's a lot that needs to be exposed. I don't know what sane uh, individual could think that there wasn't something wrong with the, uh, with the election, with the race. Uh, and then we're just supposed to sit back and take it again, not promoting violence of any kind. But what does not sitting back and taking it look like in the next year to two? Yeah, that's an interesting question, because what do, if let's just say that a certain amount of people you can even sort of remove the election specifically. But let's say 75 million people voted for Donald Trump. He got the second, you know, by by the estimations we have to go with, he got the second most votes in American history, the most by a sitting president. Uh, yeah. the rallies, all the stuff we saw. So we know a lot of people support Donald Trump or at the very least support the idea of making America great again. We know that that's a, a real thing. Now, what what are you supposed to do with all of those people? What are you supposed to do yeah. with all those people who now the media is going to say are terrorists and are racists, of course, and bigots and everything else? I don't know. I mean, and this is going to be the real challenge, I suppose, of the next couple of years is is either what the see what the media really wants right now is they want to destroy Trumpism because then they get their pet Republicans back, right? right. You get your Mitt Romneys and your David Frums and your Bill Crystals, these pathetic do nothing, never won anything, got everything wrong Republicans that you could just pat on the head and they go, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I want to be right. on MSNBC and thank you. And they never fight for any conservative principle. Now it's kind of funny because I'm new on the conservative side of things. So for me, it's like, I see this and it's just so freaking obvious to me. I'm like, I don't get it how all you guys don't see this. Um, I know you see it, but but I think yeah. a lot of the mainstream people don't see it. But that's what the, the media wants right now. They want pathetic, neutered, flaccid Republicans to look like the future of the Republican Party. So the challenge, I suppose, for the for the MAGA crowd, for the Trump people is if Trump is done, well, then who is going to take the reins of that thing? Mm. And and by the way, it's not only who's going to take it, but who would even want to take it with the attacks <laughs> that are going to come? The attacks, who would want to take that? Maybe Junior? But like, I don't know who would who would want to risk everything the way Trump did. Who would? And that's why they want to crush Trump in this right. last week. They want to show not only did we take out the president of the United States, we destroyed all of his businesses. We destroyed all of his supporters. We, we destroyed, you know, everything having anything to do with it. So who is going to do that? Man, I don't know. Do you know? You got an idea? No, no, I, I have no idea either. Uh, but that is what's what it's going to take is somebody to to be the new champion of these ideas of making America great, prosperous, secure, uh, sticking up with our allies, supporting Israel and um it's going to take somebody like that to galvanize the base, to keep them, to keep us together and keep us moving in that direction uh, in order for us to completely not lose our republic. Uh, I, I don't see that. I, I just, again, I go back to my faith in God. I yeah. don't see how seemingly every single thing that we, we were trying, I was there in DC last week. I was on the front row with my bride, close to Mike Lindell, a lot of Vernon Jones. Uh, I didn't hear any incitement in that whatsoever. 
But to see how the mainstream media has now turned this into an all-out attack and assault on everybody. And then I saw somebody posted a clip. I think it was Morning Joe was literally blaming Christians. He yeah. said, these are Christians worshiping a false god. They erected a flag. I saw crosses there. These are Christians that uh, that are terrorists. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, put in quotes as far as uh, paraphrasing. Yeah. yeah. Basically, he's calling us terrorists. I mean, this shouldn't surprise you. What is what is left of the sane left is pretty much gone. And what they see is now you have to not only exterminate the freedom-loving people, meaning just put them out of society, but you also have to take out the believers. These things are not disconnected. Right. There's a reason that, you know, it's so interesting. Think about what you're saying to me right now. What you're saying to me is the whole thing is hanging on by a thread. You didn't get the result you wanted. You don't know what's going to happen. But, but... David, you don't seem crazed to me. You don't seem overly angry, like you're going to go do something crazy. And you're saying that that is connected. Yeah. That is connected to your faith. Now, now look at the other side of this. They had Trump as president for four years. They made up Russia scandals and collusion. They told you he was a Nazi and he was Hitler. He never put any. You know, he didn't start slaughtering people in the streets. He never did any of the things. He didn't ban people from social media. They are all of the things they purport him to be. But the reason that the, the people who hated Trump and the hashtag resistance, who were actually the hashtag lapdogs, because yeah. you're not the resistance if the entire corporate world loves all your messaging and will right. put Black Lives Matter all, every time I open PlayStation, they want me to put a Black Lives Matter uh, wallpaper on my on my PS4. It's like, that's, that's not the resistance. But those people were bananas because they only believe in what's here and now. They mm -hmm. only believe in what's horizontal and what's and not what's vertical. And that's why they're crazy. So I, I don't think you're being um I don't think you're being over the top when you say that your faith is connected to why you you can keep fighting for this without doing anything crazy, without being crazy, because that is the grounder. That is the grounder and they don't have it. And that's why they're on the march. So really quickly, I know we've got a little bit of, only a little bit of time left. The the censorship on social media has been ravenous. You're still you're still here. I'm still here. Um, I check every day to make sure I'm still around. You've actually started something called Locals.com to give people the opportunity to create their own little world, their own place where they can meet and have the people that love them and follow them and support them meet. Share with us about Locals.com. That's exactly what Locals.com is. We are building digital homes. Mm -hmm. What everyone has realized is that these giant platforms are, too, you know, we've, got, we've gone from too big to fail to too big to succeed. These things cannot work anymore. They cannot work. So what we decided to do was, how about instead of trying to rebuild giant platforms, instead of trying to rebuild the internet, how about if we just build homes for people? Places where you can own your content, own your video, own your audio, have a news feed, people can like and comment, you can sell merchandise, you can sell tickets, we have an app so you can get push notifications out to people. You own the data of your community. So unlike YouTube, where I have like a million and a half subscribers, I can't get a message out to those people because I don't have their user info. You right. own you own everything. We're not trying to replace Twitter. We're trying to give everybody a little home on the internet that is theirs. And then you figure out who you want to network with. If someone joins into your locals, now it's also a paywall. So you set up what your minimum paywall is because you know everything being free is why everything is so horrible. If you want to get sneakers <laughs> tomorrow, 
If you want to get sneakers tomorrow, do you expect them to be free? No, you don't. No. If you want a t-shirt, you don't expect it to be free. But some reason we think that that the internet should just be free. But of course, yeah. we're the we're the product, right? So by having a little bit of a paywall, which you decide what your paywall is, uh, you're going to eliminate virtually all of the bots, all of the trolls, all of the hate, all of that stuff. So I would welcome everybody to check out locals.com. Harris, you should be on there. And uh, rubenreport.locals.com is my community. And, and we're building something really nice. But I'll be totally honest with you. It is not a perfect system. I, I don't believe there are perfect systems because humans create systems and we're, we're imperfect. Right. Um, but, you know, there are still issues. You know, Amazon just took out Parler's servers. Almost That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, is locals on Amazon servers? <laughs> so, so I, I, I don't want to go too far into the tech on this because some right, of this is, right. is is unrolling right now. But I'll be totally honest with you: we are on AWS. We do have several redundancies and backups that Parler did not have. So, Good. and we're and we're working on decentralized storage and a whole bunch of other stuff. But if anyone comes out there and says that they've got the perfect answer on this, meaning they solved the server issue, they solved the payment processor issue, they solved all of the legal issues, they're lying to you. Because I have talked to every big tech person. I've talked to all of the like deep philosophers on all of these issues. I've mm -hmm. talked to the lawyers. There's a there's a, seriously like probably 20 huge problems. We've solved as many of them as possible right now, and we're working to solve the others. But I think we've carved out something really nice, and uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I appreciate you doing that. I will check out locals.com for sure. Uh, it's interesting the time we're in right now. I think I heard. I'm not sure. It's I haven't verified it yet, but somebody sent me a message that Donald Trump's uh, YouTube page has been uh, unpublished. Oh man, did that? So that must have just happened because it was up yesterday. Unbelievable, it, it, well, unbelievable, but obvious, right? Yeah. So, well, you are in the fight, brother. I love your story. Again, you give us hope. You were one of those progressive woke liberals <laughs> that uh, all except for the daily chanting and shouting, you were there. And now you are a strong supporter of conservative values of small government, uh, of uh, of personal responsibility, and you're a, you're a voice. Your voice that I know I appreciate and love, and I think so many millions of Americans I know love and appreciate your voice too. And I believe that God is only going to continue to amplify your voice, Dave. I believe God's going to give you even a greater platform. And I believe that as you press into him and as you pray and invite him to give you wisdom and clarity on decisions that you're making, you're going to be shocked, surprised, and surprised at how he's right there to answer. And you'll you'll know he's there with you. But uh, I just I pray blessing for you favor for you on all that you do. You are an amazing individual and I'm truly, uh, truly honored to have you on my show today, brother. Harris, we're, we're in it together and I look forward to continuing it and uh, we shall see. All right. Sounds good. Well, love to be on your show one day too. When we'll, 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 that goes without saying. That go, Yes, we will make that happen too. <laughs> all right. That'd be amazing. So yeah. get Dave's book, friends. If you haven't already, check out locals.com. And Dave, I'd love to have you back again in the future. We're going to be praying and believing for a miracle. But at the very least, we've still all got to do our part to be prepared for what's coming. Right on, man. Good seeing you, Dave. All right. Thank you, Dave. Bye-bye. Friends, please share the mess out of this. If you need hope, if your family members need hope, they need to hear Dave's story. Dave Rubin is absolutely uh, in the center of what I believe God is doing right now and what needs to take place in our country. Individuals listening, open to listen. 
listen to the facts, listen to other individuals that have truths that have maybe changed their mind on certain issues. We need a lot of people to wake up right now in this country and get over to MyPillow.com, support Mike Lindell, and you'll be supporting my show. Use the code TRUMP2020 and uh, you'll get the best savings on everything there. God bless you. We'll talk to you all again very, very soon. Have a great rest of your night. Bye-bye. My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show.